This teaching on Ephesians is just awesome, Mitch. I just love the book of Ephesians. Starting with chapter 1, it's talking about the blessings and how God has seated us in heavenly places. And we've talked about the power of God in us and, and that glory that needs to shine forth out of us. Yes. But the whole thing now is leading up to chapter 6. And as we get into this chapter, we, we begin to talk about the armor of God. What we've tried to convey here in this teaching is that it's the soldier within the armor who advances the battle. We want to start now in 2 Timothy 2. Uh, could you begin to read there? It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. I'll be reading verses 3 and 4. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. He's talking about us being passionate, being totally dedicated, just like the soldier. I think that's the message, the overall message we're trying to get across here, is that in us now, is the Spirit of God, and we need to just sell out to Him. Get passionate about His Word. Put that Word of God in us so that we can begin to flow out of that spirit realm versus that flesh realm. The analogy of the soldier, the analogy of the armor, simply means that we are now equipped. And that's what Ephesians chapters 1 through 5 were telling us. We are now equipped to fight this spiritual warfare. In 2 Timothy 2, in verse 4, it says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That's referring to having your mindset being controlled by the ways of the world. We are now equipped to where our minds can be renewed, can be led by the Holy Spirit, where we can be conquerors and have an abundant life now. Be more than conquerors. Yes, be more than conquerors. <laughs> yes. We've been equipped, we're prepared, we're a soldier, we're sold out to God. When you become a soldier in an army, you're laying your life on the line. It doesn't matter whether I live or die. Didn't Scripture say that somewhere? Yes, it does. It doesn't matter whether I live or die. And that's what we're we're wanting to convey here is this passion that we need to develop for the Word, because that's the only thing that's going to expose us to who we are now in Christ. We're moving into this Spirit of God. I remember when I went through Army basic training, how they were trying to teach us, and you know that as well because you went through Army basic training, that what they were teaching us, they were trying to reprogram our minds. Yes. They were trying to take the civilian out of us and put us where we had a consciousness of others, basically, because you were to care for others. You were to think of the mission. You were to think of your comrades. They were first. If that even meant sacrificing your life to protect your comrades, that's what they were trying to instill in us. That's why Paul uses the analogy of the soldier, is because that's what the Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is trying to instill in us, that we no longer belong to ourselves. We've been bought with a price. 
That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. We belong to God. Now God wants to equip us as good soldiers to where we'll give our lives for the furtherance of the gospel. That's why we're being equipped, so we can be conquerors. Wow. I mean, That's good, Mitch. It's so true. Laying down your life for another. Just what Jesus did. That's exactly Just what, what Stephen Lord. did. Yes. Out of the love that was in him. And now, in our spirits, we have that love. And all this is telling us is that we have this nature and we can live this way. If we surrender that life like the soldier, this is so awesome. It, you know, you can do this in any walk of life. Lay your life down as a mother, as a father, as a, as a co-worker, not just as someone. For the unbeliever. Yes, not just someone standing behind a pulpit. Yes. This is for everyone. Where are the majority of the soldiers in an army, but at the bottom of the rank. And at the front line. And at the front line. So there are no super dupers in this kingdom of God. Some of us have been called to do different things, but we're all part of that body now that you were, you were alluding to as an army. We're laying ourselves down. We're not self-centered anymore. We have long-suffering in our spirit isn't it awesome that you can begin to live like this? I'm wow. still meditating on the soldier. I'm still meditating <laughs> I, upon, when, yeah. when you mentioned the body. Yes. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14 is talking about, the body of Christ. Where we're to lay down our lives, not only for the believers, but for the non-believers, for the furtherance of the gospel. And Paul was, is telling us, I want to equip you. You have been equipped by the gospel of understanding your position you now have in Christ. And that's what we want to convey to the, the listeners through these teachings, is they are now equipped. They now have the possibility. They can now be transformed to fight this fight. Sure. As by, a good soldier. By renewing their mind to the Word of God. You remember the military, how they brainwash us with repetition all the time. Yes. Well, Amen. you had to break your rifle down within a certain amount of time. Put it back together. Yes. <laughs> Take it apart. Put it back together. Take yes. it apart. Put it back. Why are we doing this? So you can do it in the dark in the That's heat right. of the battle if you have to. Right. Praise and it was the, the little simple things they were teaching over and over as well, the little fundamentals. And that's what Paul is doing now. We're teaching the fundamentals like Paul did. The fundamentals. <laughs> Of being a, a soldier. Basics. <laughs> and when you came to the Lord, no matter who it is, you know nothing. You're not equipped yet. And now you're getting equipped. You're going through basic training right now to be equipped to fight this warfare. And that's the picture we've tried to paint through this teaching. Knowing I, as a soldier was taken care of totally. Oh, yes. Here's another thing. Yes. We were fed. We didn't worry about where the food came from. We didn't worry about where the clothes came from. Medical care. Nothing. 
All we had to do was show up. <laughs> if we show up every morning and say, Holy Spirit, I know you live in me, and I'm just going to surrender myself, die to myself, and let you flow through me. That's what we're talking about here in this teaching. That's what we're talking about, the Holy Spirit of God flowing through And us. that's the faith and confidence we want to grow into and believing. That analogy you just presented is wonderful. Believing that God's taking care of our every need. Oh. If we can get that in our head, that all He wants us to do is show up. Yeah. For roll call. <laughs> wow. And then we put on the armor of God. We have all of this available. We have all of it in ourselves. Praise God. It's all there. Just like, just like we were equipped in the army. Once we can get that through our heads that we're totally taken care of, we are in this army of God, this body of believers. Yes. And he's waiting patiently for us to develop. Some of us get a little quicker than others, but that's okay. That's okay. He's always waited patiently for us. He loves us. He loves us unconditionally. When we were lost and in the throes of sin and not knowing him in total darkness, he waited on us. He loves us. He's patient and kind. But, you know, I think the Lord is just rejoicing right now because we're trying to be faithful soldiers, learning, not because somebody's lording it over us, but because we want to. And that, that's what the listeners are doing as well. Yes. The Lord's pleased because they're, they're having this hunger. They're having this desire. Yes. To draw closer to the Lord. Yes. And have an understanding of who He is. So they can receive their own revelation. Yes. An understanding of what they now have in Christ. That's all this is all about. And then put on that armor of God and go to war. Yes. <laughs> I think we're ready to go into Ephesians <laughs> chapter 6. Starting with verse 10, going to verse 19, or when the Lord tells us to quit. All right. Go verse ahead. 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong and in the power of his might. It's not about us. It's about him. And that's what Paul was telling us all through this book of Ephesians. The power that we now have, and it's through the Holy Spirit that lives within us to teach us. Amen. He's there to do three things, isn't he, Terry? He's there to give us edification, which means to build us up. He's there for exhortation, and that's to urge, warn, and advise, and teach. And the third one is comfort, where the comforter is the Holy Spirit, and the comforter stands alongside you to aid you through your times of trials. And that's what is meant by the armor of God. He's there to comfort us, to teach us, to guide us, and to build us up, edify, and to warn. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We stand firm against the wiles of the devil. He has, Mitch, I'm going to say this. I know I, it'll probably rattle some people's cages, but we have power over the devil. We give him too much credit these days. He's a defeated foe. We're on the mountaintop. We have the high ground. Yes, that's good. The word wiles in my New King James, I have a little side note here, and it says schemes. The schemes of the devil. Amplified says strategies and deceits. 
That's all he's got, his strategies and deceits. But he can't win against us until we let him. That's why we can say we have the high ground. Yes. Because we are now equipped as soldiers. We've gone through basic training. Now we're on the hill ready to do battle. Right. Some of us might not have seen battle yet, like a hardened veteran. That's why you have people come alongside you and fellowship with you as you walk this walk of God out. You need that encouragement from other people. That's yeah. why we talk about the body of Christ. Because in Ephesians 4, we'll just back up here a little bit. It talks about the body of Christ having apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints to work the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, to aid those that have not been in battle or do not understand battle yet, that are babes in Christ. That's exactly right. Just like in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, it talks about that's why we are equipped with these certain gifts and these certain talents and abilities in the body of Christ. And that's to stand alongside our brothers and sisters to fight this battle. It's not about us. If we can get that out of our head, it's not about us. And exactly. I'm on this hill to help each and every one that's in the trenches with me. Yeah. And if it means laying down my life, I want that mindset of Christ and Stephen and Paul and Peter and James and John, all those. I want that mind to be within me. So when the general says, it's time for you to come home, you can lay your life down. I'm ready to do it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just got over there into the presence of the Lord and was thinking... What an awesome day that will be when he comes back or I go to be with him. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. <laughs> That's what we are, servants, soldiers. Say it however you want to say it. But surrendering that life, this flesh life, dying to self, letting the Holy Spirit of God live through us, equipped with everything we possibly need to do battle. Satan comes into your head with a lie. You can say, no, that's not true. I have a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yes. You can bring those scriptures up to do battle. And the Lord brings those scriptures to your memory. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And that's how we operate here through this teaching, is we're allowing the Holy Spirit to give us the words to say. Yes. To help equip those going through basic training. This training that we're doing right now, right here, reading and studying this word, makes me hungry to know more. I know it. Makes me want to say, man, I've missed this. I got to go back and read this again. To be passionately in love with God and his word. That's what I want for my life. Because then God can flow out of me. You got her, God. I mean, just take care of me. And he will. He's telling us that in his word. Yes. I've equipped you. And we have to have confidence in the yes. word. That's what we want to grow in. That one offensive weapon, that sword of the spirit. It talks about it here in these next verses. Well, let's just read on. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. He's telling us who our enemy is, isn't he? Yes, he is. And he's telling us how it's going to attack us. And he says, you're on the high ground, and I've equipped you now to be overcomers. 
Satan is going to try to attack you in your mind. Satan's using his little soldiers of people that have not been born again or immature Christians to attack us. Sure. And so we've been equipped now realizing his tactics, his devices, how he operates. And it's through the power of words. Because words penetrate our conscience. They penetrate our mind. And that's why it's so important to understand discernment. So we can recognize that. That's part of that armor that we now have in Christ through the Holy Spirit. But Satan works through people. James those ungodly 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist. Yes. You've got the high ground. Resist him. Resist him. It's in your mind. he will flee from you. That's what you were just talking about. Resisting the devil in your mind. You have the high ground. You're the winner. You're, you're on top. Kick him back down the mountain. Resist him. Don't let him come in. Don't let him get a spot next to you and begin to lie to you and use these strategies and this deceit to tear you down. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't let him in. I'll give an example, if I may. Oh, please. On one strategy he uses. Okay. That we can just kind of focus in on briefly. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Now, whom you forgiven anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one of your, for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Unforgiveness in a person's heart is one of Satan's biggest strategies, one of his biggest tools he uses. When someone says something to you, when someone does something to you, we have to recognize if that's a godly thing or an ungodly thing that's attacking us. And if it's ungodly, we have that spiritual armor, that spiritual knowledge that we give no thought to it. We let it take no residence because we realize that Satan's trying to attack us. So therefore, we have the high ground and we repel that. We give it no thought. We kick it back down the mountain. We give it no thought. That's it. And I just wanted to give one analogy there of how Satan operates to give the listeners an idea of how Satan attacks us through this spiritual warfare that we're talking about in Ephesians 6. That unforgiveness is, is really something that a lot of us have to overcome. And uh, one thing that helped me get over that was uh, unforgiveness is like uh, taking a little poison yourself every day. It's killing you. <laughs> it does. It, it does. Fisters. It's like it, a cancer, isn't it? It's a cancer. And that's one of Satan's deceits to say, oh, you were offended. He shouldn't have said that to you. But if you have that love of God, the Spirit of God flowing out of you, that long-suffering, it just it, slides back down the mountain. And again, that's a growing process Absolutely. as a soldier. That's why we have people stand alongside one another. So when we are trying to combat this unforgiveness or whatever attack that has come against us, we can rely upon our comrades in the body of Christ. Yes, that brings up just another little thought here. Every one of us have a part to play in this. You know, some of us get this mindset that, oh, you know, I don't know nothing. 
you know, I'm a baby Christian or, or whatever, but we are all part of the body. We all have a part to play. If it doesn't look very important to you, that's okay. If you're walking with the Holy Spirit, you have an awesome part to play. And he'll reveal that to you, what that part is. That's what we have to understand. That's why it's so important to nurture that relationship through reading the Word and prayer and communication to know what my part is as a soldier in this army. Because like you say, everyone has a part. Everyone. If you're born again by the Spirit of God, you have a part to play in His kingdom. Yes. And He wants to use you. Yes. If you allow it. We still have free will, don't we, too? Yeah. And you know, people say, oh, Lord, use me. I say, Lord, make me useful. Show me. Because you're asking for direction. You're wanting orders. Because when we talk about commandments, that's orders, isn't it? We're we're receiving instructions from God where the commandment is, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. And the second commandment is, love thy neighbor as thyself. These are commandments. They're commands from God, the general in charge of all this. And he's perfect. We had commanders in, in the physical army who weren't perfect, who made mistakes. But our God never makes a mistake. If you're a born-again believer, you're a part of the body of Christ. Press into this Word of God, this sword of the Spirit, this armor, this breastplate. Oh, man. Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. With truth. And we've covered that. And the truth is... God loves us. God wants to provide for us. God says, I will take care of you. That's the truth. Now, we have to have confidence and trust in our commander, don't we, Terry? Amen. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, realizing it's God's righteousness, it's not our righteousness. And the reason we need to understand that is so when Satan tries to tell us we're unworthy, you have the knowledge through God's word saying, I'm in right standing with God, not what I've done, but what the Father has provided for me. My leader has provided for me and how he's equipped me through the Holy Spirit. I'm now justified. I'm now sanctified. I'm in right standing with God. I'm made righteous. All because of what he did for us. Yes. That gift, that gift of righteousness, his grace. His glory being poured out upon all mankind for whoever would accept it. What a leader. And I'm thinking right back to the very beginning of this, Terry. In Ephesians chapter 1, I think it was verse 3 where it talked, three or 4, where it talked about the spiritual blessings. That's what we now have in Christ. That's part of that breastplate of righteousness, is understanding those spiritual blessings, those gifts that you were just talking about, that live within each individual. Verse 15, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hmm. Do you realize every letter Paul wrote, that in his introductions he always wrote, grace and peace be multiplied. Be multiplied. But not only that, in Timothy and Titus, he writes grace, mercy, and peace. He expounds upon that a little bit further. The grace is that unmerited favor. We don't deserve it. 
It's a free gift. And peace. The gospel of peace, Terry. That word peace means we now have harmonious relationship with God. He has now reconciled all of us back to Him. Every person on earth, if we accept that free gift. The reason this is part of the army, because that gives you an understanding of who God is. So when Satan tries to tell you you're unworthy because you're not living by a set of rules or standards, you're falling short. No, we're at peace with God now through what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. Yes. He brought yes. a harmonious relationship back to us again with God. And now all we have to do is believe and trust in that. All that God has provided for us, if we can get that in our heads, that it's all been provided for us. We have nothing to do with this. Next verse. It's by faith. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Because we, we have faith in God and what He has provided for us to quench and destroy all those lies that come against us now. We recognize those lies through the power of discernment, through that power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We're victorious. We're on the hill. Amen. God's flag's flying way up. <laughs> Take the helmet of, of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, those body of believers that are standing beside you. The helmet of salvation wow. and the sword of the Spirit. The helmet. What's the helmet cover? It covers our mind, doesn't it? Yes. And what he's doing is saying, you are now renewed in your mind by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. You now are equipped to where... You now have this new seed, this new relationship with me, this new born-again experience, and you're now equipped through the Word. The sword of the Spirit is sharper and powerful than any two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12, to destroy all this spiritual warfare. We have power and authority over it. And one of our other biggest tools is praying, yeah. is seeking the Father and relying upon Him for that guidance and direction, for those instructions we have to learn to hear from the Holy Spirit to receive instructions, and we have to have confidence in our commander. We have to have a confidence that we can hear from him. The power of God is setting people free to where they can move today forward, that they no longer dwell upon their past and their past circumstances, their way of thinking. They can now go forward in trusting in God. Verse 23, in all of this warfare, peace be to you, brethren, in yes. love, with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.